commanding or telling his disciples to go ahead, but why? And it lists three reasons. It says, one, he wanted to be alone to pray. Two, he wanted to escape the crowd and the disciples to get some rest. And three, or he may have dismissed them forcefully to tame the Masonic uproar. Because he, Jesus, knows that there is much preparation to do before the sacrifice of the spotless lamb. So let's continue. And after he, Jesus, had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Let's look at that. He, Jesus, went by himself to pray. These are the actions of God in flesh, showing us how to start and develop a personal relationship with God. And that's what I want to talk about today, the first steps towards a personal relationship with the Lord. So let's continue. When the evening came, he, Jesus, was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from land and beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, that's between 3 and 6 a.m., he, Jesus, came to them walking on the sea. They were terrified. They said, it's a ghost, and cried out in fear. But Jesus spoke to them, saying, take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him. He says, Lord, if it is you. Let's look at that, because that's the first sign of doubt right there. He says, if, if it is you, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He, Jesus, said, come. Jesus told his disciple to come to him. And Peter was going to have to walk on water to do it. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on water and came to Jesus. As we as disciples are to come to Jesus even when it's not easy. Now, if you win the story there, it's inspirational. And it's, but it's not the whole story. Therefore, it's not the whole truth. So it's not the whole lesson of what the Lord is demonstrating. So let's continue. When he, Peter, saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine being there? What I try to do when I read the Gospels is put myself in the disciples' place. I love to try to experience what must have been a combination of all, and at the same time, are what my eyes seen really true? This really is the Son of God? And then having moments of humanly doubt smashed by miracles, the miracles they got to witness. Could you imagine being there? And I love Peter. He reminds me of myself. He's so ready to die for Jesus. He's known famously for when he jumped out with the sword, when Judas had betrayed Jesus to the Pharisees and they came with their little posse to, to capture Jesus. And Peter jumps out with his sword and lops off his ear. I mean, that tells me that Peter was a fighter, that he, was, he knew how to use his weapon and wasn't afraid to do it. He's also well known for the fulfillment of another prophecy that a fighter wouldn't be so proud of. The one where Jesus says, you will have denied me three times before the rooster crows. But let's put ourselves in that boat. 24 says, the boat by this time 
was a long way from land and beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And it's the fourth watch of the night, between 3 and 6 a.m. So it's dark. It's dark out. You're in this boat. There's a storm. The waves are crashing around you, and you're in this. This is a picture from the ESV Study Bible. It's an illustration of a Galilean fishing boat. It's based on the remains of a 2,000-year-old fishing boat found off the Sea of Galilee. It held roughly 25 men, was 26 feet long, 7 foot wide, and 4 foot high or deep. So you're in this with other strong, experienced fishermen. So you guys know what you're doing. But also as experienced fishermen, you know that the sea kills. The boat's beaten back. They can't make it to shore right now. Judging by their fear, maybe never. They're just holding on. So basically, waves are crashing around you. You are afraid of what's happening in the physical, and you're terrified of the unknown. And you're just holding on. I think sometimes we're all just holding on, and the waves are crashing around us, or or maybe that's just me. But I don't think I'm the only one who's ever felt like I'm just barely holding on, and waves are crashing around me. And then through the storm, on top of the waves, you see the Lord calmly walk your way. Through the storm, just calmly walking towards you. Storm doesn't bother him. He doesn't sink in the waves. Someone yells, it's a ghost. The storm rages around you and now there's a ghost. It's dark. There's a storm. And now there's a ghost. When things can't get any worse and they do. Can you put yourself there? Not just on that boat physically, but seeing the parable that Jesus is demonstrating. I love how Jesus teaches us how to get to eternity with lessons that are good for the everyday eternally. And they are afraid. I don't know about each one of your individual walks, but I know when I came to Jesus, I was afraid. When my storms were raging around me, addiction, anger, fear, anxiety, doubt. And then out of the darkness, he says, it is I. Do not be afraid. But Peter answers him, if. He says, if, because we've all doubted. All of us at one time or another has doubted. All. He says, if it is you, command me on the water to you. Peter is just as human as you or I. He is afraid. He's in a storm. The waves are crashing around him. And Peter gets out of the boat. Sometimes we have to do something radical to our way of thinking and just get out of the boat. Peter gets out of the boat. He trusts in Jesus. He decides to do something radical. Something that went against everything he had learned or saw on the sea as a fisherman. If you step in deep water... You drown. You sink. You know, I've stepped in some pretty deep water. I think everybody has at one point or another. Some of us step into 100 feet, some of us 20. But either way, without the Lord, we drown just the same. So Peter steps onto the water. And this is fascinating to me because I know God can walk on water. He's God. It doesn't surprise me. He created the water. And if he chooses to walk on it, so be it. But Peter, Peter is just like you or me. 
You see, Peter, for however many steps it was, gave his doubt, his fear, and anxiety to Jesus and experienced something awesome. He walked on water. Through Jesus, he did something impossible. He also took a step in trusting Jesus with everything that mattered, his life, his life. And I know you're like, yeah, Rob. And then he fell. And you're right. Third, he says, he saw the wind and was very afraid. And we would look right over that, right? The word saw. We all know what the word saw means, to see something in the past tense. We all all get that, right? But the word saw here is bleepo in the Greek. It's word 991 in the Strong's Concordance, which states its definition when used in Matthew 14.30 is to see something physical with spiritual results. It continues. It carries what is seen in the non-physical, immaterial realm to the material, physical realm so a person can take the needed action. That's a pretty big definition for the word saw. So Peter saw, he noticed, he perceived that what he was doing was unreal. Peter took the trust and the faith that through Jesus anything is possible and turned that over to fear and doubt. And he fell. And we can relate to that, right? To fallen. He fell. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Jesus, save me. And I know... I can relate that to that. My fall to addiction with violence and anxiety because that's the lens that I see my testimony through. But we've all fell or will fall at some point to our sin, to our doubt. And our doubt will pull us from Jesus and we sink. And if you think the enemy doesn't use things like depression and anxiety and doubt and addiction and lust because they sow the seeds of doubt. And doubt in I can do anything through Christ is doubt in Christ. Let me say that again. Doubt in I can do anything through Christ is doubt in Christ. So what I'm saying is that this is very much a literal event. One of many that proves the divinity of Jesus Christ. But it is also very much a teaching event. Because we know the Lord being the word in flesh speaks in parables, or what we call metaphors, but he also performs metaphorical parable actions. Christ is teaching us with the event. And the lesson that I take with me is simply this. Through the Lord, Jesus Christ, J, B, Tiffany, Dan, J, Aiden, you, me, through the Lord, we can do anything. Anything. And I want you to leave here today believing that. As a matter of fact, let's do the part of church where we all hate. Let's turn to the person next to us and say, through the Lord, I can walk on water. All right. (laughs) I knew you all would enjoy that. (laughs) You see, our human brains doubt. We put limits on ourselves, And by doing that, we're putting limits on God. And nowhere in this holy book that we try to build our lives on have I read that God has limitations. As a matter of fact, I would say it says quite the opposite, that God is limitless and all-powerful. In the very beginning, God speaking as the Trinity says, let us make man in our image. We see that we are made in the image of God. So let's talk application. Rob, this sounds good. 
But how does it apply to my life? All right. I'm going to give you an example of how to apply this to your lives. About a year and a half ago, I was the live-in caretaker of my mother. For years, her SSI paid our bills, and it was the only income in our house. About a year ago, we lost my mother, and there was going to be no way to pay the bills. Her insurance money was enough to put her away nicely and pay my bills for about a year. Maybe, if I was really frugal. So I prayed. I prayed and I asked God, how do I keep this house? How do I keep this home for my children to have a place to go? And I felt like God was telling me, give, give. So quietly, I started giving more than I ever had. And my lot might be different than your lot, but it was a lot of money to me. And nobody knew what I was doing, but one week Jay peeped it out. He seen what I was doing. And he said to me the same thing I would have said to him. Rob, what are you doing? You need this money to live on, man. You're not going to be able to pay your bills for three months if this keeps up. And I said, Jay, I've prayed on it, and God's got me. He probably thought I was nuts. But that month... A job opened up through a family member in a warehouse, local, right up my alley. Since then, I've been getting pay increases. My bills are paid now. The house is still there. We was able to use the money for emergency money. And everything is, just came the way I asked God for it to come. And that's what we have to do. This is what I'm saying to you today. Leave here. Pray. Listen for what you believe God is telling you. And don't doubt. Don't doubt. Develop this personal relationship with the Lord. And to do that, you don't just ask him for what you want. It's not a Christmas list. You pray. You think. And you listen. You sit quietly. And you listen. And then you leave here today. And you walk on water every day for the rest of your God given lives. Church, will you all bow your heads with me, please? Father God, I thank you for every day that you give me. I thank you for giving me the village family, a church of people that love and seek you, Lord, every day. I thank you that you have given us the ability to do the impossible Through the Son and with the Spirit, Father God, we thank you for every day you give us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.